This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Leadership Transformation Platform, Multiplying Authentic Leaders, Moving Society. And that's what it's all about today. We're going to have a very intense conversation about authentic leadership with our guest, whom I will introduce in a moment. I'm Adrian Grunewald, your facilitator of our conversation as always. And with me, the old man, as we call him, Louis Grunewald. Hi, Louis. Hi, looking forward to today. Yeah, we're sitting, we're going to do this on Skype, and um, we're sitting here next to Kruger National Park overlooking the, the bush, and we're having a conversation with our special guest, Dr. Tineke Wolfers of Moya Institute of Authentic Leadership Effectiveness. It's a division of Moya Transformation Facilitators. She's also an author of a book, and she's sitting in Gauteng, and we're having a good conversation, or we're about to have one. Um, it's really good to have you with us, Tineke. Thank you, Adrian. I, I would have rather had it face-to-face um, next to the Kruger Park, but yes, thank yes. you. I'm looking forward to the conversation. When you said face-to-face, I was just going to say, well, yeah, I hope. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, Dr. Tineke Wolfers, it's good to have you with us. You've gone on a journey of your own, and it's up to this stage culminated in a book called Authentic Leadership Effectiveness for Individuals and Teams. So we will certainly dig into your thoughts on authentic leadership uh, and also how we develop leaders, but we'll get there later. And I'm very excited about this conversation. The the word authentic or the words authentic leadership are being bandied about uh, across the world. I think there is a definite need for it. We all know we need it, but I think still a lot of division and confusion as to exactly what it is. So before we get there, your interest in authentic leadership, where was it sparked? How did you end up here? A little bit about your journey. So Adrian, yes, that's actually quite an interesting journey. I was in IT for many, many years, developing six, seven-dimensional business intelligence models, um, and I was what one could have called a computer nerd. I used to disappear into my computer for months at a time, which is all very well, but I was also a single parent, and... um, I found that my child actually felt like an orphan and um, I just realized I didn't become a mother to have have that happen. So I realized I needed to get out of that career because, uh, you know, working in IT as a 24-7 job, it was all-consuming and this wasn't great for motherhood. So I then took, and then something happened um, in 2004, I think the universe decided to give me a big smack so that I could get out of IT and I realized if I didn't heed that I would um, land up in getting a bigger smack so I took a leap of faith and that leap of faith has a very experiential uh, meaning for me now you leap and you're not sure where you're going to land and whether you're still going to be alive if you land and I decided to walk away from a career without having a new one and that's where the journey started the journey started with me grappling with who am I, how do I best add value to this world, how do I translate that into a career. And that then really became a journey of discovery, a journey of going on coaching, uh, you know, international good training, and me then saying, but yes, what is it that I do not yet know that I do not yet know? And I, I decided to go back to uni and... Um, and to, to, I went on what I call a pracademic journey at the University of Stellenbosch Business School and did a master's, which then culminated in my interest in authentic leadership. 
And of course, you know, one can't, uh, this is not work that you can do with others uh, unless you also do this work with yourself. It became a very experiential journey and I did my research on it. And then I realized that the recommendations in my master's should go into a doctorate. And uh, whilst I then developed my own authentic leadership programs, I then also in my doctorate said, but that's all very well that I do that with individual leaders, but then how does one then take it into team leadership as well? And I did my doctorate with the University of Johannesburg um, on you know, how does one develop individual and team authentic leadership effectiveness. And that gives you a little bit of a sense of a journey that I never expected to happen and that's culminated now in my book called um, Authentic Leadership Effectiveness for Individuals and Teams Using a Coaching Approach. And the sense in, if you look at research, is that authentic leadership cannot be developed by means of a program. At best, it could be developed by life's program, with other words, through life events and leadership episodes. But, you know, we can't wait that long for that kind of leadership to develop. So um, I have a program now that's um, for individuals and teams that can develop such leadership in a sustainable way in, in a period of at most six months. So, yeah, a little bit of, of where I find myself today. So that's fascinating because we'll, we'll get there a little bit later on our uh, uh, leadership masterclass here, uh, you know, the, the, the thought about developing leaders, you know, it's a fascinating one because very often we hold up as examples individuals in our history that did not go on these kind of programs. And I like what you say. I think I understand what you're saying is that there's maybe in a way an authentic way of developing an authentic leader and that's through the school of life. But, um, if we can scientifically, in a sense, and through experience, find out how to develop them on programs, if we can call it that, or perhaps expediting life, then uh, then uh, certainly that's what the planet needs. But let's kick off, Tineka, with what exactly is authentic leadership according to... No, no, before we even go there, so, so your, your, your book, to, just so that people get a feel, what has gone into it? Not too much detail, but I mean... Is there an element of research um, and feeling and personal experience? Let's just get a, a feel for where you're coming from when you give us in a minute or two the definition of authentic leadership. Okay, so okay, so you've asked a few questions, but let's look at how I define authentic leadership just through my experience. Of, um, just before you go there, I, I, just, I just want to know how you, how did you get to writing your book? Um, how much research and and, and, and work has gone into that. And then let's look at the, the, the definition. Okay, so um, the book is, as a re I, I thought that once I've done my doctorate on, on how one develops authentic leadership and evaluating an authentic leadership program, I thought that that's it, you know. Um, now I've done the doctorate, the information is there now. And I realized that that is not the case at all. I mean, that, that thesis goes into the archives of the university. And for me, because I'm so, it's what, I, it's what I wake up for and get up for every day is, is developing authentic leadership effectiveness. I realized that I needed to go a step further and I needed to disseminate that information into a book that both on the, in the academic and business schools and leaders and, uh, you know, uh, coaches or, or L&D departments they could actually look at this book and say, well, is that how we do it? And the book also has a lot of case studies. So what's gone into it is 
my research, but also all my practitioner work and some extra chapters. For instance, I've taken um, a well-known example of what who I regard as an extremely good example of an authentic leader, and that's Nelson Mandela. And it's not because he's so. It's not because he's you know he was kind of in a way idolized. He's very much a human being, but he has all the the, the traits of an authentic leader. And he actually developed it. He didn't have a program. He actually developed that kind of leadership, especially whilst he was in prison for 27 years. And he, and he describes how he did it. But, you know, we don't all have 27 years to wait for authentic leadership uh, to develop. So, yes, yes. But he's an extremely good example. And I put him through my models. In my book, I've actually reverse engineered and taken him through my models. And it validates both him as an authentic leader and it also validates... The, the models that I use in my program, it explains so well why with, and Nelson Mandela was regarded as he was. And if I can just add something about authentic leadership and Nelson Mandela, I always say that authentic leadership is a leadership that goes beyond position. It's a leadership by presence. And if you take Nelson exa- uh, Mandela as an example, I always say there are three PRs in his life that define him. He, he was the president, but he was also a prisoner and it didn't matter whether he was the president or a prisoner. There was something about his presence that made people realize that he is a leader. Even if he was in prison and he had the white prison warders, they knew he was a leader. And what was that all about? Interesting, the three PRs. The three okay, PRs. Okay, we can get to that more. Uh, I like that. That's very interesting. Um, um, your, your PhD, just before we go on now to kind of the definition of authentic leadership. Yeah. So your PhD was about how to develop authentic leaders. How did you arrive at that? What, what kind of research went into it? Did you interview? Uh, what did you do? Okay, so I'd already done my master's. And of course, remember, I'm a, I'm a practitioner. I work, I eat, breathe, live this every day. So, so I am a pre-academic rather than a pure academic. So... Yeah. Um, in my master's, I started looking at what does a program like that look like, and I developed a coaching program, which I then ran with one of our well-known energy organizations. I ran with a team of theirs, um, and I worked with the individuals, um, and that was a one-on-one uh, authentic leadership program. And I continued to develop it further with the learnings that I had from my master's research. I developed it further, and then I realized that it doesn't help just to work with individual leaders if, you know, there's a systemic like, problem in organizations um, starting from the top down quite often. One has to actually work with a whole team. So in my doctorate, I actually then extended the research to team authentic leadership uh, effectiveness. And I, I was given a very toxic team with what also from one of our very well-known beverage associations. And uh, uh, organizations and this team was so toxic that every individual that I worked with uh, at first I worked with the individuals and then put them together as a team said to me, uh, sat in front of me and said you know I'm working with a bunch of idiots and then he would leave and the next person would I would work with them and they'd say you know I'm working with a bunch of idiots so mm-hmm. uh, you know it was a lovely team to work with because I had to work prepare everyone individually and help them develop authentic leadership and help them to actually look at themselves and say, how am I contributing to this toxic, these toxic dynamics? And it's only once um, I've worked with them individually that I could put them together as a team and start working further to create 
a, you know, a really, really coherent and congruent, authentic leadership team. And afterwards, when I interviewed them, um, I actually asked them, you know, what they believed about um, working with them individually before I put them together as a team. And they said, had you put us together as a team from the start, they used words like there would have been a battlefield, there would have been, um, I'm just thinking of all the words they used, there would have been blood, there would have been, you know, it was just so violent, the words they used, that I realized, they said it would have been a non-starter had you put us together as a team. They said we, you had to prime each vessel individually before you could put them together. So that okay. was very interesting. Very interesting. All right, so, so your, your PA and your master's was very practical. It was with an experiential group yes. in a way, is that yes. right? Yes, I actually ran for both of them. It was evaluate, especially my PhD, if I look at that, it was a program evaluation study. So I actually used my program and I evaluated it both in terms of its effectiveness and I looked at the effectiveness in terms of developing authentic leadership and how does that impact on trust in self and interrelational trust between self and others because that okay. becomes the foundation of if you look at Patrick Lencioni's work you know it's a foundation of effective teams if you don't have trust in a team you 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 can it's a non-starter to develop a coherent and effective team so yeah. I then looked at the impact of that on individual leadership effectiveness and I looked at the impact of that on team leadership effectiveness Okay. Um, and then, I, so I looked at the effect of the program, but I also looked at how indiv every individual program component, how how much, how did it contribute to the overall effect of um, developing individual and team authentic leadership effectiveness. So it was a very, very big, was a very big study. But I wasn't planning to do two PhDs, so I was going to do it all in one go. So, but it was right. really a big piece of research. All right, that gives us a good background. Let's, let's get into the meat of things. What exactly is authentic leadership according to our doctor here and uh, your experience? And, and, and then we're looking at, obviously, your, your book, which, which I look forward to reading in more detail, uh, Authentic Leadership Effectiveness for Individuals and Teams. Define authentic leadership. So for me, um, because there are many definitions, as you, as you mentioned, for me, authentic leadership is to be true to oneself and to be true to one's leadership position and nowadays, very important to say, with a very strong moral underpinning for the greater good of all. Now, having said that, um, that's how I define it, together with authentic leadership as a leadership that goes beyond position. It's a leadership by presence. Now, the first part of the definition sounds very simple, but one has to unpack what it means to be true to oneself. Because often we don't actually really know ourselves um, so what is it about ourselves we need to know? So think of, um, you know, our behaviors. I always equate it because I grew up in a plant nursery in the Eastern Cape. So I think very much of soil. Other people talk about the waterline and what's going on below the waterline. I prefer to think of soil. So we see a plant growing, which I could equate to human behavior. And, um, but below the soil line, we have to question how fertile is the soil and how strong are the roots. So if we look at authentic leadership, I say that what's below the soil line is what will inform our behavior. So if you say to someone you need to change your behavior, 
It's not sustainable to change your behavior without understanding what is it below the soil line that informs our behavior. And that is what I then call the authentic leadership compass. And often we don't understand what our internal compass looks like. Um, and not only do we not understand what it looks like, we also therefore do not know if our compass helps or hinders us. So in the authentic leadership work, we actually build, we look at who we are, we, we at, on a horizontal line, we look at where we've come from, um, because we're not a snapshot, we are part of a movie. And so where have we come from, how has that culminated in who we are today? What are the helpful and the limiting themes that have culminated in who we are today? And what, how does that need to change for us to go to the next level of our possible selves as we go into our future? And so that's the vertical aspect, uh, or the, the horizontal aspect. And the vertical aspect of the development is what is it below our soil line that informs our behavior above the soil line? And that below the soil line, in order to fertilize the soil, we need to, 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 to create an authentic leadership compass that, as um, okay. Bill George calls it, uh, keeps you going true north. All right, so that's what really drives you, and, and, but that's still part of being true to yourself, to oneself, which means you have to discover who you are, you have to understand uh, why you are who you are and where you come from. And then you still have to be true to a leadership position. So if you're the president of South Africa, you've got to be true to that specific uh, position. Uh, it's almost separate from yourself. Or if you're a CEO or a, a parent, you've got to be true to that position. You did say with strong moral underpinning with something else. I didn't get that last part. For the greater good of all that you as a leader serve. So, uh, so I do differentiate between being authentic and being an authentic leader. So being authentic yep. might be, you know, it, you could say, I mean, if we think of some leaders that we all know, you could say that they are authentic, they're being true to themselves. But an authentic leader has to also be true to his or her leadership position with a strong moral underpinning. And that's one of the, you know, the newer thoughts about authentic leadership because of the scandals that are happening internationally in our country, but also internationally. Uh, you know, it's very important to have a strong moral underpinning for the greater good of all we serve. And I also want to say that an authentic leader is a leader because it's beyond possession and uh, by presence. It also crosses over multiple contexts. So what I'm talking about, you're not just a leader when you're at work. You're a leader when you're by yourself, when you are at home with your family, when you're out with, you know, wh wherever you are in life, on your own or with others or at work in a leadership position. It's about being true to yourself, being true to your purpose, being true to your vision, uh, you know, being true to your values. Make sure that your, your espoused values are also enacted in your behavior, wherever you are. All right. So let's just, Louis, your thought on this definition, true to oneself. I think we, we understand the essence of that, leadership position, being true to that position with a strong moral underpinning for the greater good of all we serve. Your views on that definition as authentic leadership? Doctor, I like the way also you differentiate between um, the authentic personal self and also the authentic leader. It's important once you understand uh, the difference because uh, being an authentic leader is being true to your position, to the office you hold, and as you say, to the bigger picture, the bigger context. So that also requires a specific mindset. I appreciate that. 
So, so I mean, just to, to, to expand a bit on that, then we can go to, to the other questions that I have lined up for you. Is I, I, I guess I could be true to myself, but myself or my value system is not exactly, uh, does not exactly have a moral underpinning. Um, and, and hence, you've got a bit of a, a, a um, what do you call that, a, a balancing element there that brings it back to reality, and that's your leadership position. So my position also is like a, it's like a, a person. That position itself requires of me. That's why a president of a country stands up and goes through a, what do you call it, when they raise their hand? An oath. And they, an oath, yeah, they undergo mm. an oath because that oath represents the position. And um, all right, so so thank you for that. Let, let's build on it. Why the need for authentic leadership? Do you think? I mean, we could look at the effects of toxic leadership or bad leadership, uh, and that could clearly build a case for why we need authentic leadership. But but why would you say we have this need in the world today? So I, I think, um, Adrian, if we look at at the world, you know, and we we in South Africa like to look at our country, and but you know, worldwide, if you actually look at um, you know the challenges that we have as the world changes um, and as as more pressure is created. Um, you know, and we look at how that pressure sometimes um, causes leaders to cave in. Um, you know, there might be pressure on them to 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 achieve certain goals. And as if you look at my book, we looked. I looked at uh, Barclays. Um, at Bob Diamond and, of course, the Volkswagen scandal, you know, with Martin Winterkorn. Um, you know, we differentiate between effective leaders um, but and authentically effective leaders. So you might be effective, but at what cost? And at what cost to whom? You know, who are your stakeholders and what is the cost to them? Um, and if you look at the case of Martin Winterkorn, with the whole diesel um, uh, scandal, uh, you know, it, it caused them, when, once they were found out to be rigging the tests um, of the diesel uh, emissions, you know, um, it cost them huge, uh, of, you know, money financially in paying fines. Um, they also lost an immense lot of sales. Um, it, you know, whilst he walked away, he apologized and he walked away with a golden handshake because they lost their sales, so many of the employees also lost their jobs. Um, you know, so many people of the public were so disappointed in what they thought was a brand with integrity. So, you know, when those leaders tried to achieve their goals at all costs, they forgot about the bigger cost to the and, and who all these stakeholders were. So, and it's the same, you know, whether it's, if you look at, um, you know, leadership, national leadership, the effect that it has um, in our country and elsewhere as well, when leaders are not authentic leaders, um, you know, it could cause the economy to shrink, it could cause um, a loss, a, 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 you know, of faith in, in the country's economy. Uh, it, it affects every household in the end. So I think there's been a sense of there's not enough moral leadership, values-driven leadership, not enough leadership where the leaders look at how big is the, who all do they actually need to serve. And, you know, authentic leadership has been considered as an answer to um, 
to redress that imbalance because authentic leadership is a leadership that comes from within and also building a compass like I often like my clients develop it's often it's it's a very sustainable uh, leadership effectiveness because leaders uh, start regulating themselves so which is very different to impression management where you say well how do I need to come across when I'm wanting to achieve this or how do I need to come across differently when I need to achieve that authentic leaders are leaders who become aware of who they are and they also as they develop that compass they also learn how to regulate against that compass so that not only in good weather but also in stormy weather they can actually keep going true north and they make sure that they always reflect that in their behavior because that's when others can look at them and say, so there's a difference between authentic leadership and perceived authentic leadership. Others need to decide whether they experience you as an authentic leader, and they can do that only by you ensuring, ensuring that that regulation against your compass is reflected on your, in your behavior on a daily basis. And, you know, that's, that's a job that never stops. You need to, on a daily basis, ensure that you are actually being true yeah. to your compass. All right. So, so I mean, this is, uh, we'll get to how we develop them or the essence of how we develop them, not, not the, the greater detail, but I think it'll be good for leaders to, to, to know that. Um, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, why don't we have more of this kind of leader, true to themselves, true to their leadership position, with strong moral underpinning for greater good of all we serve? Uh, we've looked a little bit at, at why we need it. I mean, uh, there is no alternative. The world has had enough of toxic leadership and selfish leadership and bad leadership, and we see that more and more. So so the answer, let's say for a moment, is authentic leadership, and we'll look at that in more detail. Uh, why don't we have more of this type of leadership in business and politics? Um, I'm wondering about that. Is it because of the exceptional pressure? That leaders are under, then they default back to to another part of themselves. Is it because um, the leaders at the top in politics, in many respects, don't set that tone? Is it because we're so busy, so exceptionally busy, under huge pressure, that there's no time for a leader to break away, go to the bush for a week, and really find his or her true self and understand their own leadership position? and so on and so forth. Why don't we have more of this? So I think it's a little bit of all of that, Arian. So you've touched on many things. Um, and so I could speak for a long time about this. I'll try and do it quickly. Um, I think until, we, firstly, people haven't really understood what authentic leadership is. Um, secondly, there was also a sense that this could not be developed in a program. So that's quite new. I mean, the program that I've developed and the book I've written is, 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 I think, is pretty unique. And, you know, in the, in the book, there's case studies of how incredibly impactful it is, even on business results. However, there's also a sense in companies that, you know, um, they want silver bullets. So it's touching on some of the things that you've said. Um, you know, how much time are they prepared to put aside? How important is it for them to develop this leadership? Um, you know, this is not a silver bullet program. Um, it's a very, very, very powerful um, development of a very powerful and sustainable leadership. But uh, you need to actually, you can't kind of, I always say to my clients, you can't 
um, grow by sitting smoking a peace pipe under a baobab tree. You know, you 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 have to put in, you know, if you want to get out. So, um, so and and my clients work very hard. I mean, they and they have to take ownership of their journey, and it's a journey that can take three to six months to develop. It's not a silver bullet. So companies kind of like, as Patrick Link, he only put in one of his books. Um, they, they refuse to stoop to such greatness of saying we need to put a lot of time into developing better leadership. The other thing also that I find is, if I think of my own clients, I find sometimes we talk about leader development readiness. And leader development readiness has two components to it. It's the willingness yeah. to say that I, I, I can and want to develop further. And it's also the cognitive ability to be able to develop further. Um, so those two components are very important. But I find sometimes that when I go to companies that the top leadership will say, and, that, and let's say the top leadership might actually be the problem, yet there will be this, what I call inappropriate invulnerability to say, I'm not the problem, but these people below me, you, you know, they can go through your program. I don't need it. And so I find that people below them come on the program so that they can find a way of being effective, not because of their leaders, but despite their leaders. So yeah. ideally one would want to start from the top down and develop that kind of authentic leadership culture. But in real life, I've discovered that this is not always uh, practical and one that one should start where the willingness is, is there. For, for people and remember authentic leadership is a 360 leadership so you can lead your leaders as I've often seen in my clients they lead their leaders because we're all human beings and leaders can also be led by those that are in lower positions to them but there's something about their presence that makes them open to learning from from those all right so, so I'm going to ask Louis to, to, to your thoughts, Louis, on why you think we don't have more of this type of leadership in business and politics. Uh, just your, your thoughts on that. And, and, and then I, I want us to, to practically look at how do you identify an authentic leader and then move slowly towards the developing of it. Doctor, you've mentioned several incisive points and each of those points, as you well know, we could discuss for hours. Um, we have, over the years, really had conversations with uh, hundreds of are really top leaders in many ways. Um, thinking back of what you've said, what Arjun also said, I really believe that so many of us don't know what we don't know. And therefore, you start off your journey and you think you understand authentic leadership and even your moral compass. But you mentioned the, 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 the word cave-in. The truth is that many people under the severe pressure that we have nowadays do cave-in in many ways. Um, and I think the day that we can get away with that, Doctor, you know, is, is uh, fast uh, passing us around uh, the need to be authentic. And I'm afraid that it that, that really does reveal your inner self um, is now arrived. Without that, more people will fail. Well, one of my clients said to me, just to respond, that she said to me, um, the organization has a way of, organizations have a way of squeezing the self out of the self. <laughs> and so that was a very interesting, um, you know, reflection. And one of my other clients said to me that um, often 
uh, we fear the unknown, and uh, uh, we often fear the unknown, and the biggest unknown is often ourselves. Yeah, very interesting. We could chew on that one for a bit, can't we? Or, Stew or, on it and think about it and ponder. Yeah. Well, they also said stuff. that Thank they you. can't trust an unknown entity, and often the biggest unknown entity is oneself. So people often don't trust even themselves. They don't trust their gut. So their gut might tell them well, to do something, and they will ignore it because they don't trust it. Yeah, very interesting. How do I tell that someone is an authentic leader? I mean, let's be frank here. Uh, it's, it's very easy. We've got a really good definition, and I like what you say. Someone asked me spontaneously by a tweet the other day, how do you tell that someone's an authentic leader? And if I had to go back to that tweet of mine, in response, it's probably almost exactly what you're saying, yeah, you know, which is which is quite interesting. But how do I tell that someone is an authentically? So, for example, we so easily judge President Zuma or Wusi Maimani or Malema or corporate leaders like Maria Ram or Sobonang Mohale, who's who's driving very passionately the business leadership SA agenda as the CEO of BLSA. So, I, I mean, let's just talk about that for a few minutes and then go over to the benefits of authentic leadership in organizations and a bit of how do we develop them. Uh, if we are to look at a, a Zuma or a politician, how do I know? I mean, can I, I can't read inside the person. I can't see whether they are being true to them themselves. To themselves. Uh, maybe I can say, let's look at your position. I think it's quite clear what a position requires of someone. Is that leader being true to that position? So, Because that becomes more external, doesn't it? I can I can almost yeah. look at that. Yeah. I can look at I can look at um, what's the other part of it? Moral underpinning. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And then the greater good of all we serve. So there are a couple of clear indications to say this person is or isn't. Yeah, it's a good no. question. I had a client this morning that said to me, "But isn't Malema an authentic leader because he he's prepared to kind of be different uh, a different Malema." Uh, depending on what the situation requires. He could be s sweet, he said, or he could be very um, aggressive, uh, you know. So, so the, an authentic leader, let's, let's look at what it's not. It's not impression management. Like, this is what I need out of this situation, so let me kind of create this impression. It's not impression <coughs> management. Authentic leadership is about internal self-regulation against a compass so and you could have various working compasses because you know I mean uh, I'm sure you Adrian and, and, and Louis you're not the same at home as you are at work so as human beings we are different to human resources in that we uh, we 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 are go across various different contexts we've got the work context the outside work context so they're working compasses, but all of them are a subset of our authentic leadership compass. So it's that internal yep. self-regulation. Um, and, and, and so how do you know? Somebody who does that internal self-regulation against a moral, internal, authentic leadership compass um, will normally be a people who's prepared to be um, appropriately vulnerable. And by that, I, I, I differentiate between appropriate and inappropriate um, you know, use of psychological states. So vulnerability, an appropriate vulnerability is a strength-based balanced vulnerability that allows relational transparency. So as a leader, I'm prepared to say what I can and can't do, what I do and don't know, what my strengths and weaknesses are, 
And I'm also prepared to go the next step of relational transparency where others know what I'm thinking and, you know, what I'm feeling. Um, you know, what, what you see is what you get kind of thing. And then also one of the other things is balanced processing. So an authentic leader, uh, for me those are things that stand out. Authentic leader is a leader that when they make decisions, they will actually look at all that they need to look at to make balanced decisions and then to align their behaviors um, to those decisions or those thoughts and feelings. So authentic leaders are normally leaders that one just, you, you feel you can trust them. They're also consistent. They, they right. behave with integrity. They um, are often resilient. So when, you know, times are very difficult, they are able to, to stay, let's say, true north um, I don't know if those things help you, but normally yep. they are leaders that we feel we can trust. Uh, I mean, if you say true to oneself, I'm, I'm looking at this, this definition. I almost want to say true to oneself and open about that. Yes. So, so, so in, yes. in other words, I, I, I can make myself vulnerable. Or I, can, I know myself so well, my yes. own regulation yes. under the surface, yes. that I'm willing to tell people these are my values. This is what drives me. This is this is who, what I'm about and who yes, I am. Yes. So that your environment can, in a sense, hold you accountable. Uh, otherwise, Absolutely. you just keep it inside. These are my beliefs. So, so I think that that might come into the definition. The other thing that I want to bring out as well, if I may for a moment, is if you're true to your leadership position, it's not just about the values that, that underpin that leadership position. I'm, I'm not true to my leadership position if I'm a CEO and the expectation is that I grow the business by 15%, but I don't. In a sense, I'm not being true to that position. That position, the shareholders require of me to deliver in a certain manner. If I go wrong, I must just show why, and maybe it was something out of my control. My communities expect of me in that position to, to, to not destroy the communities around my factory or my mine or whatever it may be. So, so true to oneself and being open about that, as well as true to your leadership position, also means performing according to expectations. Yes. Would you agree? I, I totally agree. And that's where team leadership um, or team authentic leadership effectiveness becomes important because as a leader, I deliver through others. Yeah. And it's important that we have um, collective leadership. As a leader, I cannot do it on my own. I, if anything, I have to go first and be the change I wish to see um, in you know, so that my team can actually follow. And, and there's a case study in my book where, if I may just very quickly um, share that with you, it was a leader that was about to possibly lose his his job because of um, because of the, how the, his particular uh, division uh, was performing, um, yeah. and. Uh, and and just the relationship with his team was toxic. And I mean, he was a good man, but somehow something was going wrong. And he, uh, you know, it was recommended that he actually went through the program with me. We started with him, and then we pulled in the whole team after that. And you know, they together. Once first he actually worked on himself. Then the team started seeing changes in him, and then they said they want more of what he has. And I worked with the team, and they created a team. He created an individual leadership effectiveness charter, and then the team um, created a team 
Authentic Leadership Effectiveness Charter, which also included their scorecard. Mm. And they, look, yeah. they looked at what are the things that we need to do and how do we need to behave in order to actually not only achieve all our targets. And when I met with this particular leader, their, their balanced scorecard was red. And that was in May. By November, all of their actual um, KPIs were green, except I think for one. They then stretched those targets. And by the year end in March, they had actually achieved almost all of those as well. And on the investment they made in the program, of course, the big investment was time and energy. But on the financial investment, the return on investment within one month after they finished that program was I worked out 2,000% just on one KPI alone. And not only that, not only had the leadership team changed, the whole, it was one of the breweries, that the whole brewery had changed. And when the leadership team asked the rest of the brewery, how come all of you have changed your behaviors? They said, we watched the you, the leadership team, and we decided that we wanted to be like you. How is that for a story? No, that's a lovely story. All right. Uh, you know, we don't have too much time. I want us to get into how we develop leaders. I think the benefits of authentic leadership are quite clear. We can look at that maybe briefly, but but I think it's very clear. I, I just want to know from you, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a bold question, and, and, and if you want to be bold back, then feel free. But can you actually tell from a distance? This is the danger that we have, is we look at our political leaders, and people judge them very harshly from a distance, to be, to be honest. But can you look at a Musi Maimani and a Malema and a Zuma and a Bunong Mahale or Maria Ramos and, and judge from a distance whether they are, in fact, authentic leaders or not? Um, I think we have one can. Data? One can, one one can, because, but of course, you know, um, you know, one can, uh, especially if you look at the political leaders, because they are so in the limelight. Um, One can judge that. Um, Maria Ramos, I cannot comment on her because I haven't researched her um, closely to to get a sense of how authentic. And also, I want to say to you, Adrian, remember that we're not like zero. Or 100%. So authentic leadership yeah. is not about you are or you not. It's about where are you on the continuum towards authentic leadership. I mean, this takes us to another question, and that is, if I may, if I may add that in, people say to me, can can all people develop into authentic leaders? Well, you know, and is, are there some people that one needs to say, forget about him or her, that there's no chance? Well, I'll, I'll, when I actually um, engage in a new program with, with a leader, I actually check that leader development readiness before I even start. Um, if, if there's not enough leader development readiness, uh, and it could be anything, it could be, well, you know, I'm so good, why should I actually become better? It could be that psychological unavailability. But I normally check, and I say that everyone in that continuum, if you are willing I, I will work with that person because you can move along that continuum and, and you can move in a positive direction and that is valuable. Okay, so, so am, I, am I accurate in saying that no one can become an authentic leader or the ultimate authentic leader? You can only move closer towards whatever you want to call the perfect definition that we started working on, yeah. It's a lovely, it's a lovely question. Sorry to interrupt, Adrian, but... 
you know, how do we ever know as human beings? As human beings, we are so fallible, but we're also so awesome. And how do we ever know that we've reached our ultimate awesomeness? And um, isn't it exciting to know that? So I used to talk about your highest authentic self. I don't talk about that. I talk about your potential. And that potential, as you reach that potential, there's always more potential. We're unlimited. So I never ever say, well, there you've arrived now, because it's very boring to arrive. I think, I think it's much better to know there's more and more. It's so exciting, you know. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. Um, I mean, if you look no, no, at... It's, uh, I think you know, it's easy for us. We want to say, we, we want to make judgments, don't we? We want to say he or she is a good or a bad leader or a great or a not so great leader. Um, and, and in some ways we can just throw that around and, and, and say, you know, whether the leader delivered. And, but authentic leadership is, um, is maybe a bit of a moving target. I mean, you look at the definition, even I could ask whose moral background or fiber are, are we supporting? So let's just look at how do we develop authentic leaders? How do we develop someone to move closer towards their ideal authentic leadership level, if I may call it that. What, what are some underpinning principles okay. in helping leaders on this journey? So, I think the three underpinning the steps uh, is to actually develop more self-awareness at a very deep level. Um, to develop more self-awareness and to develop that compass and um, to, to find out how to stay true to that compass. And you know that compass, compass can also always be refined more and to then make sure that one actually reflects that consistently in your behavior. Now, having said that, um, I find that, that you know, there's only so much one can do on one's own. Now, Nelson Mandela was a very good example of how much introspection and reflection and meditation he did on a daily basis in the 27 years in prison. Um, but for most of us, it's very helpful to actually have an external leadership coach, let's say, who can help us with those reflections by asking questions that will ignite our minds. So I think it's about understanding who we are and creating that self-awareness. It's about, it's about understanding the, what compass we need in place to keep us true, going true north and how we stay true to that and helping us to understand how will that actually reflect in our behaviors so that others can experience we ourselves and others can experience us as an authentic leader on a sensory channel basis. And that's individual authentic just leadership effectiveness. Yeah, Doctor, just one point we'd like your comment on. Um, uh, a dominant theme that comes to my mind in this discussion is the mindset of the person who's the mentor, the leader, the teacher. Now, in the past, we had this kind of a classroom teaching environment. You are saying, agreeing fully with us too, that that's not effective. It's a, it's a better journey. So you also mentioned the term that you must be that which you um, look other people to be. So I think if you want to change other people's behavior to become more authentic leaders, you have to reflect that. I think uh, nowadays people just feel or sense and they look through that uh, the fact that we're living a double life and we're living with masks. So I think what we're also saying is that to, to teach authentic leadership behavioral change, you have to reflect that um, which is in yourself. 
And that's in a sense by far the quickest way to do it and in a sense is also by far the most difficult requirement that we need to do. True. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about how you develop an authentic leader and maybe authentic leadership team. Okay, so um, yes, and, and Louis, just to respond to one thing that you said, one can't teach somebody to be an authentic leader. You can help them to develop it by facilitating a journey, but you can't teach because authenticity is also about being uniquely ourselves and being our best yes. selves. So uh, there's no like one recipe of this is what you look like, you know, um, we're all unique. So, so just very briefly, the journey that I offer is for individual, sometimes just individuals want to go through the journey, and then I actually have an authentic leadership program, which has a coaching underpinning, um, where I help them understand what they want to ch achieve. We then, using a systems approach, we say, what is it that you want to walk away with in this journey? Let's look at who you are in this journey, how you've become who you are, and um, and let's look at what tools, authentic leadership tools you need in your toolbox to achieve your outcomes as they stand at the moment. And so in the process, we develop an authentic leadership compass and also an authentic leadership effectiveness charter, which I call an ALEC. And, um, and, that, and also the thing for me as an authentic leadership coach, I always say to my clients, I want to become redundant to them in the most empowering way, which means that they, they can walk away with self-coaching tools to keep themselves sustainably um, effective as an authentic leader. So that normally, and then the first half of my coaching journey, which is, is normally 20 hours, the first half is quite structured so they can develop all of this. And then we do a midway review and we say, okay, what's still left for you to work on now? And then the client decides in the in remaining sessions what they want to work on. But if it's an individual and team journey, then I do, for instance, six sessions where I work with each individual first, you know, in the, in the usual structure. This, this can be tailored. And then I put the team together and I start using processes that were, were introduced to me by Patrick Linkioni who's an who's absolute um, you know, guru on team effectiveness, where we say that we need, often team effectiveness, ineffectiveness is because of a, 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 a lack of trust in, at foundational level, which leads to a fear of conflict in teams. And that fear of conflict actually then leads to a lack of commitment uh, within the team. And that then also further leads to a lack of accountability of self and peers and finally an inattention to results that they need to achieve as a team. So in the authentic leadership work, we say the leader needs to go first and help the team to understand what they need to focus on, and that means that they need to develop individual self and peer-to-peer -peer accountability so that the leader is not the one that always has to crack the whip. And that means that they need to actually commit to a collective outcome and in order to commit to that, they need to be able to embrace healthy conflicts. And that healthy conflict can happen only if a foundation of trust has been built. And so I do all of that work over three times two-day uh, workshops with the team sort of a month apart. Okay, so that's the detail of, of a program. I'm, I'm very interested in the principles. Um, you know, if, you, if, you, if I just go back to the definition which is a powerful one, and, and I've adapted it a little bit in my mind, true to oneself and open about it. Yes. True to your leadership position, including performance. Yeah. Um, 
and then with strong moral underpinning for greater good of all we serve. I mean, for someone to go on that authentic leadership journey, therefore they, as you say, need to go on a deep, reflective, self-search journey so that they can understand themselves, exactly what, what their values are, what drives them. But then they must also understand exactly what their leadership position requires of them yes. currently in, in their life. Otherwise, how can they be true to it? Yes. So you know, whatever that requires, to understand what my new position or my current position requires of me, and then what moral underpinning, whose moral underpinning, I've got to understand in the context of me being a political party leader or a CEO of a major corporate or a whatever it is, uh, in, you know, what moral underpinning and what is the greater good. So I kind of unpack that definition and I say my journey, the leadership development for myself and my team would have to be true to that definition. That's, that's correct. And, you know, when we talk about that moral underpinning, so if we... Interesting thing, Adriana, is, um, you know, if we look at values, I define values as what I value. And those could be ethical values or moral values, and it could also be just general values. Like, for instance, I value my family. Well, does that show in my behavior, you know? So are my, in, my spouse values, my enacted values? But values have a hierarchy as well. And um, this is something I learned through my practitioner work, that sometimes we have conflicting values, and then we have to say, in the hierarchy of what I value, which value is higher. And the interesting thing is that purpose actually is part of, of the values hierarchy. My purpose as a leader is my highest value, in the, and, and all other values need to actually support that purpose. And it's my purpose as a leader, not only at work, as I said, but my purpose in life. And that you can then look at your legacy that you want to leave behind, linked to your purpose, your vision going forward. It's all linked. And the compass that we create, the authentic leadership compass, moral compass, actually pulls all of that together so that there's a golden thread from my internal identity, which I haven't spoken about, but, and, and I think time won't allow us today, but... And my purpose, my vision, my legacy, my values, my beliefs about myself, my beliefs about others, do they empower me, do they limit me, my psychological states, my thoughts, and all of that's below the soil line, and all of that needs to inform my behavior above the soil line, so that I become a congruent person that others can trust, and so that I can actually be true to my leadership position for the greater good of all. So we need to also know what we believe about self and others. And all those empowering beliefs that empower yeah. me to be true to my purpose. So this is a very big discussion, which most probably we can't, um, you know, indulge in too much. But hopefully that gives you a little bit yeah. of a sense. That, that, yeah, that's fascinating. That, I, I've, I've, I've started bringing everything back to the definition in a way. Um, yeah, any final message? We're wrapping up now. Uh, your, your book, Authentic Leadership Effectiveness for Individuals and Teams, will be sold through knowledge resources, yes? Or how do people get hold of it? Yes, uh, it, it will be sold. It's, it will be launched for those that are in Joburg and Cape Town at the end of, um, um, on the 31st of October and also on the 2nd of November in Cape Town. Um, it will be available from knowledge resources. You can order either the e-copy or the hard copy from them. It's also available on Loot. Um, and for business schools and academia, it's going to be available on you know, platforms such as EBSCO and others. And for international um, readers, it will be available on Amazon uh, really soon, in about another week's time. So this book will actually help people understand all of what we've spoken about. It has so many case studies as well 
that illustrate, you know, in real life. So it's very real, this book. It comes from a practitioner's perspective. Okay. It will help. So, so, so in, in the close down minute or three, uh, my biggest concern is, uh, and I'm speaking to Dr. Tineke Wolfers, and we have a minute for this, is I think the world is in such a mess that developing authentic leaders and, and simply developing those will result in us falling behind even further. In other words, we don't have the time or the capacity to develop them fast enough. So that's my first statement. My second statement is we actually have to start developing authentic leadership activists, not just authentic leaders. Yes. Because if we don't start having activists in organizations, in society, from young to older, I mean, an activist is a different animal altogether. And we have to have activists in this area. Now, what exactly that means, so, so you could be very busy in developing authentic leaders and authentic leadership teams, and that's great. And every authentic leader we churn out and send into the world will make a big difference. But man, I can't help but think we need to develop a different kind of authentic leader, and that's an activist. So that's just a thought that I leave with our listeners and our leaders out there, and with yourself, that we can maybe have offline. We can have a conversation about it offline. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about the bigger picture, that we're not getting there fast enough. I agree with Final you. Final comment? Final yes. comment from you, Dr. Yes, I agree with you. And um, so we can have an offline conversation about how do we develop more authentic leadership facilitators. It's already on my radar. Yeah. I'll call them activists. Yes. <laughs> because they, Good word. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you for your time. Wonderful conversation. Dr. Tineke Wolfers of Moya Institute of Authentic Leadership Effectiveness. That's a division of Moya Transformation Facilitators. And, of course, a book, which is Authentic Leadership Effectiveness for Individuals and Teams and Knowledge Resources. You can get it there and through various other means. Thank you for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. And all the best with the book sales, although it's a small market. But more particularly, all the best with multiplying more authentic leaders out there. Thank you for, for what you do for this as well, Adrian, for disseminating this information. Thank you. All the best. Thank Louis, you. final comment? <clears throat> Doctor, uh, this conversation has, has uh, revealed the more we press you, the more the authentic understanding and, and passion comes out. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the opportunity. All the best. Thank you so much. Next up, our business masterclass. Stay with us. This is cliffcentral.com.